Hello and welcome to The Aid Station. I'm Chris Robb and I'm so looking forward to today's conversation where we travel to New York to meet Ted Metalis, who is the race director of New York Marathon. Hey, Ted, great to see you again. Good seeing you too, Rob. Chris, how are you? I'm great, thank you. We were just kind of reminiscing a little bit before we came on air of, you know, last time we, we, we caught up was at the Singapore Marathon in 2019. You came and had a bit of a visit to Bali afterwards, which is where I live. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to catch up, but it's so wonderful to connect with you virtually and really looking forward to hearing your story. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, what's funny, we were chatting about this a little bit earlier. It's a lot warmer in Bali than it is right now in New York City. <laughs> yeah, sure is. Lots of snow all, all across uh, the US and, and parts of Europe at the moment. So yeah, we're, we're lucky to be in the sunshine. But I love the snow. It's always so beautiful. And uh, yeah, it's, I guess uh, the, the joys of life, eh? having all these different, uh, different uh, weathers to deal with. Exactly. We're, we're in a four season city. So winter, spring, summer, fall. So we, we navigate through it all. Wonderful. Ted, I'm really looking forward to, to ha having this conversation because you've got an incredible story to tell, an inspirational story. Congratulations, just recently appointed as the first black race director of New York Marathon, but indeed any major race around the world. That's just so wonderful. And I'd love to start by just hearing a little bit of your journey of what's brought you to, to where you are now. And we could probably talk the whole interview about your, your journey, but let, let's, let's have a little chat for a few minutes to give uh, the viewers a bit of background on that, please. Absolutely, Chris. Thank you again. Thank you for the opportunity to chat and talk and just connect with the uh, with the industry at large. Um, and thank you so much for the uh, the recognition of being the first, you know, African American Black race director of a major marathon and the TCS New York City Marathon. I mean, it's a tremendous honor for sure. Um, and it's funny, like I think about the journey uh, as as uh, I wouldn't call myself an athlete per se, but as a runner you are on the course and you're moving and you take it one mile at a time, one step at a time, one moment at a time, and you want to soak it in and enjoy it. Uh, but the goal is to finish and finish strong. And uh, I think that's the, that's the perspective I have in this position where you're getting there, you're to this point. And not that I'm necessarily finished, but to be appointed race director for an event is something that every event producer, race operations person, event manager, which I once was, you know, ultimately that's the goal. And, you know, it's when you think about it in that kind of perspective, I've reached that goal. Um, so now it's the second part of the marathon, which is, you know, getting back out there again and working and getting events back off the feet. Wonderful. And, and we're just a little insight of where the journey started. Where, where did you grow up and, and, and part of that journey, Fred? So, um, so it, I was born and raised in New York, as you can tell with my hat here. Um, native New Yorker, um, you know, after college, which I did some special events and, um, you know, concerts and shows in college. And I think that was the first taste to the mass participatory or mass engagement, uh, uh, you know, event field, which is small shows in school. And then that trans transferred over to some opportunities uh, on large scale uh, mass participatory events, um, working on walks for breast cancer, cycling events for uh, AIDS and AIDS related services in the early in the late 90s, I should say. And uh, my opportunity came to the New York Roadrunners um, back in, uh, you know, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, this November would be my anniversary at the marathon. So um, it is, think about it, it was two months after 9-11, um, you know, October of that, of, you know, soon after I got a phone call from a friend of mine who was an event manager at 
Roadrunners and say, hey, listen, we're, we need some, some operational support with some elements to the, to the event. Um, obviously, things are a little bit more heightened post what happened uh, in 9-11. And I came on board. It was my first time seeing a large-scale running event. You know, I've done the cycling and done the multi-day walks and done some production and operation work, but to be exposed to a mass participatory running event, a competitive running event, that was my first taste 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, it, from there, it just kept going. So working on, on, on and with some of the largest race production companies in the country, if not the world, um, Miami Marathon, uh, Ironman, Lifetime Fitness, uh, as well as, you know, some of the larger cycling and triathlon events throughout the country. I was the assistant race director for the Philadelphia Triathlon. So I got an opportunity to see and do a lot. And it's all translating now in my career and being able to look back at some of the experiences, some of the challenges, some of the learnings and how I can apply that today. Wonderful. You're bringing back memories for me because the, the time's pretty close to coincide. So I was in New York for the JP Morgan Corporate Challenge. We used to organize Singapore and Sydney. And one of the most emotional moments of my life was standing on that start line with this um, Navy, Navy singer singing Star Spangled Banner. And, you know, literally tears were running down my face. It was, you know, we'd been, we'd been down to, to, to ground zero a couple of days before. And it was, it was just an incredible, incredible moment in terms of, you know, that rebound and, and what, what our sport can do for bringing people together. Um, so talk, talk a little bit about now in terms of obviously bringing people together. You spoke about, you know, it's snowing outside. You're busy planning, obviously, for, for a race that's coming back. Lot, lots of kind of unknowns and things. But what, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested after this to talk about some of the challenges. But what, what's life like in New York at the moment generally? So, um, you know, New York is on a slow climb, just like it is across the United States, where the numbers are starting to dip as far as COVID is related. Uh, I, I think obviously there is some some relief in sight and people are excited about that because, uh, you know, we're approaching a year, you know, of, of when COVID first hit us here in the, in, in the States and in New York in particular. Um, the time has, uh, you know, last year, the magic word was, was uh, pivot. You know, the P word was pivot. Everybody was pivoting to the left and pivoting to the right and pivoting up and pivoting down. Well, this year, I'd like to say that the P word is perspective. You know, to look at what you've gone through, what you've learned, how you've adjusted. And we've done that um, at, at the shop here at Roadrunners. So one of the things that we did about September was uh, launch a return to racing um, concept. So it took the key elements to being able to return and, and safely execute events. Um, by looking at time, looking at uh, space and scale. And we changed those models there with the goal of looking and gathering the data from those events to applying them to larger events. So it's things like time trial starts. Uh, again, going back to my past, triathlon races, when we had to say cancel a swim for any particular reason, you would start the event with a time trial start. So that way you can space out your athletes accordingly, applying something from the past and applying it to what we're doing today. Um, so social distancing, physical distancing, um, the key communication elements that are there for participants so they know exactly what they're coming into and what they're gonna expect. The better prepared you are for a journey, the better you know you can how you can navigate through it. So those are the things that we applied as well. So we did about, about 10 to 12 of these return to racing events, different uh, distances, different locations, Central Park, Randall's Island, Prospect Park in Brooklyn. So we looked at different models and collected all the data we, we, we could and then applying it to what we will have come November. 
you know? So that's been an interesting exercise. Um, the other thing too, and, and you know, Chris, we talked about this in another one of your forums, is looking at what other people are doing mm -hmm. and how they're navigating and managing uh, the, the, the pandemic and how you're communicating to your customers, how you're communicating to your guests, how you can create an enjoyable and safe environment, you know, applying the city, state, and federal rules and regulations to your business or your practice or your function and making it an environment that's in line with those rules and regulations. So it's been a very, very interesting, um, uh, you know, last six to eight months because you are learning and applying, but almost in some cases, unlearning and changing things differently because it's not what it was before. Yeah, look, that, there's some, some great insights. And, you know, it's one of the things I think, you know, <clears throat> the big positives that's come out of this is, is the amazing collaboration that we're having across the industry and across the globe. That ability, as you say, to unlearn and, and, and relearn and focus on <clears throat> the safety of participants, the safety of volunteers, the safety of, of you know, everyone else that's, that's involved. And, and it's interesting because I, I use the word challenge, but you seem to me to be a person that sees a challenge as an opportunity. And, and, I, and I think that's this wonderful part of this is, you know, these, there's so many great opportunities here. Speak to that a little bit, if you wouldn't mind. I mean, how, you know, these things you've seen, I'm hearing more and more instances of, of people that are adopting this as an opportunity saying, well, we're doing these things under COVID guidelines, but you know what? Those actually work. You know, they, they, this is a new way of doing things that even if we don't have COVID issues or restrictions, we're going to apply them because there's some great learnings. Are, are there some examples of that that you can maybe share? Absolutely. I think the one thing that happens is uh, when you look at the, the, the clear mind that you have in, in saying, okay, we're, we've, we've been used to just cranking and cranking and cranking events and they're polished, they're clean, they're incredibly safe, they're efficient, you know, all of these things and everything that we did has stopped, you know, going back to the perspective thing and even in your own life, anything that we used to be able to do, we, we you can't take it for granted anymore. You know, so you are going to take a little bit more time to really appreciate those moments. Um, one of the coolest moments when we're in the park and we're setting up and our races are small, you know, anywhere between, you know, 350 to 500 people, which is way different than 5,000 people that we would do. And to hear park patrons, runners saying, oh, you guys are back. This is fantastic. I'm so happy because it's a sign of life. It's, uh, it's yeah. like um, you know, a great movie line, life finds a way. And we've found a way to try to do that and apply that as well. But it's definitely looking at things from a different set of eyes and saying, okay, um, how do we effectively communicate to our participants? Because they're used to doing it a particular way. Now we have to change it. Uh, the timing piece, for example, as we talked about with the time trial start, we can't have 500 plus people show up at one time, they need to arrive at a certain time. What's a model that works that way? Travel. You know, if your flight is at a particular time, you get there early enough to drop your bag off, you know, check through security, get to your gate comfortably and board and fly. So it's not what it was before where everyone's arriving to the start line at a particular time. They're all arriving on cue, they're getting in their corrals and they're all crowding together. That model has changed, you know? So looking and applying real life uh, solutions to what you do in, in our world of race production has been one of the clues and takeaways that has come into play with, uh, you know, working through life uh, post COVID. Fantastic. And, you know, I, I think typically as an industry, my sense is that we've tended to compare ourselves to ourselves and be a little bit more inwardly focused. And I think, that, you know, there's so many great opportunities to look over the fence, to learn from other industries and other sports and things. And this is a great example of that. 
Ted, I'd love to, love to move on to, to, to leadership because clearly, you know, you're, 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 you're clearly a leader already, but you're now in even more of a leadership role. You know, some insights are there, you know, people that have given you, uh, you know, leadership insights that you apply now. What are some of the key principles that you apply to leadership? Uh, so when you, when you think, when I think about leadership, I look back at some of the experiences I've had professionally, the people I've worked with, um, fashioning myself to their best practices, how they communicate to people, how they communicate with their team, how they engage with people, how they cultivate and create a culture and an environment. Um, one of the greatest, uh, managers that I've had a gentleman by the name of Matt Glass, when I looked over and saw him out there at an event site, prepping and getting things set that motivated me to work harder. Uh, Cause I'm like, wow, there's no, no job too big or no job too small, you know? So there, when your team is seeing you out there, they value that. And every moment is a moment to teach. Every moment is a moment to shine a light and, and help kind of guide people. Um, whether it is your participants, your volunteers, the staff that you have on site, your partners, your city officials, look at the opportunity to teach, help, guide, help explain, give a vision, because then they will be an extension of you and being able to communicate your message, your goal, your experience in that. So those are just some of the takeaways that I've had with some of the great people that I've worked with. Um, and then there's people who I might've met in passing and did a little bit of research and learning about, like the founder of New York Roadrunners, Ted Corbett, you know, incredible athlete, you know, a visionary, a technical whiz who helped design technical design and, and planning of a course. Those are tremendous things that for a man who I met one time and not realizing the greatness of him. So you, it's great when you're having opportunity to chat with folks, um, reading about the history of, of your industry or reading about the, 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 not just your industry to your earlier point, but the service industry. You know, who are the people that were the trendsetters and changed the game as we know it, like the Walt Disney's of the world and, 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 and even, you know, uh, folks who have a, a true belief of service and providing a service to, to their community and whatnot. So those are the things that I pay attention to and listen to, apply, and therefore share it back with my team. Wow, what a, what a wonderful principle. Thank you for sharing that every moment's an opportunity to teach. Um, that, is, that is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Ted, um, as, as always, time flies on this, and, and, and I always like to wrap up with something inspirational. Uh, you've inspired many people. You'll continue to inspire many. Is there an inspiring story that you'd like to, to end up on? Wow. Um, you know, in 22-plus in years of doing this, there's moments that you can set back and, uh, you know, really reflect. And obviously, I've done a lot of that the last, you know, year or so, to my earlier point. All of the things that we have, you know, quite frankly, taken advantage of the ease of being able to go to a show or a concert or, hey, Chris, let's go sit in the park and, and, and kick it and hang out after an event, all of those little things. Um, so what's been inspiring, and, and I kind of mentioned it a little earlier, is when we came back and when we started producing these races again. So it's kind of, uh, it, it is life finding a way, small, incredibly safe, you know, very responsible. But the smiles that we got in people's eyes because they were wearing masks and the cheers that we got from folks as they ran past us or rode back by their bikes to hear that we were back is a sign. And, um, you know, we chatted a little bit earlier about 9-11 and its impact and the significance this year. There's not going to be a greater comeback story 
than our industry coming back. Yeah. No different than the experience that you had at Chase Corporate Challenge in New York months after 9-11, or the experience I had standing there at the finish line 20 years ago and watching these runners come in, you know, the, the outpouring of love worldwide to New York. Now that love is going to our left and to our right, you know, to everyone. So it's not exclusive to one market, one area, one city, or one industry. It's all of us. So the comeback story is the inspiration. Uh, we've been through it before, and now it's on a global level. It's so wonderful. And, you know, like you, I'm, I'm so passionate and confident that, you know, we'll, we'll look back on these times in, in, in three to five years' time or, or, or probably even sooner to say what, what a great opportunity. And this industry has such a role to play in the health and well-being of humanity and bringing people together. And you know, I think it's going to be a wonderful story as we move forward. Undoubtedly, still a few bumps to, 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 to go over to get to the new start line, but it's, it's getting closer and closer. And I think it's going to be incredible. Absolutely. You couldn't, you couldn't have said it best, you know, not, and I think it might even, it might not be three to five years. It might be three to five months, yeah. you know, or literally a year from now when you look back, I mean, like, like I said earlier, we are approaching a year, the year anniversary when COVID hit the States and things shut down. Yeah. And I want everyone to sit down and really think about that and go, wow, look how far we've gone between now and then, you know, and how much, like, where can we go from here now? Wonderful. Ted, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. We could talk for hours and hopefully we're going to be able to do that over a beer or a coffee in person in the not too distant future. But really appreciate you making the time um, in your busy schedule to talk to me. I'm sure the viewers are going to absolutely love this and, and yeah, wish you all the very best in the new role and look forward to catching up in person soon. Thank you. Thank you so very much, Chris. It's always a pleasure. It's great always chatting with you. And most of all, thank you for everything that you do for the industry because you're the one that's teaching. You're the one that's sharing. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Ted. Great to see you.